0: Listening to the weekly partial podcast with Ari Goldweg, recorded with Hashem's never-ending Assistance in Ramap HaChemish Israel, 5780, 2020. This week's partial is partial, Vay- and we have the Jewish people about to make their way out of Egypt. The, the ten plagues are going on, and the Torah gives us a description of the commandments that were given to the Jewish people. Some of them when we look at the the commandments that were given, they seem to be appropriate. The commandment to bring a korban pesach, a special sacrifice, recognizing how Hashem passed over the houses of the Jewish people, or the commandments that were involved with leaving Egypt, the matzah, etc. All the things that are going on—it's very interesting. There's a mitzvah within this story that seems to be out of place, and R' Chaim points it out, and he gives us an amazing explanation based. On the fact that this mitzvah is here. It says like this. This is in chapter 6, verse 13. God spoke to Moses and Aaron. The Torah tells us that there was, an, there was a command. He was commanded to tell the people of Israel and Pharaoh that there's an obligation to let the Jews out of Egypt. To, to let them go free. Amazing thing. There's an obvious question here. You have to command the Jewish people to let out the Jewish people? It doesn't seem to make sense, right? So, Yushalmi says an amazing pshat. In, you know, My Rosh Shiva says often that when we read a Medrash or read a Gemara, and it seems to be that that's not the simple understanding of the verse. But many times, the Medrash is pointing something out that there's something that needs explanation in the verse that if you look at the simple pshat, look at the simple explanation, there's something, there's something off. There's something that needs explanation. So here there's a, the Pusik says something strange. It says that Moshe commanded the Jewish people to let them go. What is it talking about? The Yerushalmi says, There was a commandment right here at this moment. This is Yushalmi in Rosh Hashanah. Chapter 3, Mishnah Hay. There was a commandment at this moment, says the Hashemi, that when the Jewish people get to the land of Israel, if they have Jewish slaves, they're obligated to free those slaves. So that's what Moshe was saying to the Jewish people. Hashem was saying to Moshe to command the Jewish people to let their slaves go free. Just like in Egypt, the Pharaoh was supposed to let the Jewish people go out, so the Jewish people will have to let. Them go out later on. We find an explicit verse in Jeremiah chapter thirty four, verses thirteen and fourteen. This is what the God of Israel says. I made a uh, I made a covenant with with your forefathers, with your ancestors as they left Egypt. Just very interesting. The Posig says explicitly that there was a command to the Jewish people as they were leaving Egypt that they also, when the appropriate time comes, to release their Jewish slaves, which is as Shemitah approaches, or as the yovel, as the Yevel approaches, both of them, they are to do so. They are to release their slaves. says <laughs> there was a special covenant that was made at the point of time when the Jews left Egypt, al mitzvah shiluach evadivri. When it came, in regards to the mitzvah, the obligation of letting out one's Jewish slave. We need to think about it. What is the idea? Why is it that the Jewish people were given an obligation as they're leaving Egypt that in the future time, he he's going to say how far in the future it is, in the future time, there's going to be an obligation on you to free your slaves. When is it possible to have an evadivri? Only when the Jewish people are living in, in Israel, and there's a mitzvah of Yo'eval. It was only possible to have Yo'eval when the Jewish people went into Israel, and... Split up the land of Israel, which was is going to be another 54 years after this. 40 years in the, in the wilderness, 14 years of Kibush. Why is the Torah giving us this mitzvah before we even get the Torah? Usually, We find that there are a few mitzvahs that are given right away, even before the Torah is given. For example, the mitzvah of Shabbos. Certain things needed to be done right away, so therefore the mitzvah was given right away. But this doesn't seem to be something that needs to be done right away. In fact, it's not going to be done for another 54 years. Why is this mitzvah being given now, at this point, as the Jewish people are leaving Egypt? (laughs) Furthermore, it says in the Yerushalmi, this is the Yerushalmi, which says this idea, this comes out like that which Rav Hila said, Amazing thing! Why were the Jewish people punished? And soon we'll see what they were punished for. Why were they? Why were they punished? The Jewish people received a negative repercussion as a result of the fact that they didn't let out their their Jewish slaves. <speaking in Hebrew> Since the Jewish people were commanded about this as they left Egypt. Very interesting, they had a commandment at this time, because of the fact that they got this commandment at this time as they left Egypt, so there was something here that was a deeper sin, a greater problem that they didn't fulfill this mitzvah of letting out their slaves. Like the pusik says in Jeremiah, Hashem said, as we, the verse we quoted before, I made a covenant with you when you left Egypt, and I said to you, You need to let out your slave, at the end of every seven years, six years, seven years, you need to let out your slave, let him go free. Your Jewish slave. This is why Hashem says you didn't let out your slaves, and therefore there's going to be a tremendous repercussion. So says from Chaim we see an amazing thing. We see that the reason that the Jewish people lost out, they were sent into exile. Why? This is talking about after the first base hamikdash, I believe. Why? It was because they didn't send out their slaves. She came in and, and interestingly, the way the Chazal referred to the fact that we're sending to exile is that we become a shubid to the Ummah Sa'ilam. We become enslaved to the nations of the world. So we don't have freedom because we didn't give freedom to our slaves. So Mida the measure for measure, we become enslaved to the Uma Sa'ilum to the nations of the world. So he, so he says again. He he underscores the fact that since this mitzvah was given at what point in time, as they're leaving Egypt, it's a much more heinous crime that they haven't fulfilled the commandment of letting their their slaves go. Says we need to understand this. What is the idea that because this is commandment at this, it was commanded at this point in time as they're leaving Egypt? Therefore, it's a much stronger, power, more powerful command. Couldn't they also be commanded? I'm sorry. Couldn't they also be commanded in the mitzah of uh, at the time of giving the Torah? The time, this awesome time when everyone sees a Baruch Hu, you know, unbelievable revelation 1.2 million people plus why, why, what's the significance of the fact that this mitzvah is given right at this time, at this point in history and why does that make it so much more powerful and so much more uh, such a terrible thing that the Jewish people didn't fulfill it properly It says Reb an amazing thing An awesome yesoid. An awesome foundational idea. It's very hard for a person to release his slave. This is, you know, what what is the idea of a slave here? We're talking about a Jewish slave. We're not talking about an kanani. We're talking about, specifically, a person who, for whatever reason, he sold himself into slavery. And... So I own this guy. He's my slave. Whatever I say, he does. He was desperate. He had to. He had no choice but to sell himself into slavery. And now he's mine. He belongs to me. I say, fetch my slippers. He fetches my slippers. I say, bring me a cup of coffee. He brings it. I say to him, go work. Go out in the fields and work. He does. It. He does whatever he's he's he belongs to me. Okay, and he works for me. He's an extension of me in a certain sense. That's the idea of Kenyan right he belongs to him, even though the the slave so much wants to go out free it's a it's a very difficult and heavy yoke that's upon him the the master doesn't feel that it's not it's not his interest the The master owns this slave, so it's very hard for the owner to let the guy go out free. He lays down an awesome thing. The Jewish people were commanded to release their own slaves, at which point, when they themselves were slaves, and they themselves were experiencing the glory, the awesome experience of being freed from slavery. When they themselves felt in themselves, in their souls, awesome joy of being released into freedom. That moment when they were freed from slavery into freedom, from, from enslavement to redemption, from darkness to light. This is the moment that they need to hear the very difficult Obligation that they're going to have in the future time, which is to release their slaves. Okay, we read that. Send away your brother. Send away your brother. Like the verse tells us in Gimel, Tess, there's an obligation when it comes to gay converts to Judaism, they're, they're uh, strangers. They're called the gayers. The word gayer means a stranger you should love the stranger, you should love the gear, the convert. There's an obligation on us to take care of the person who feels uncomfortable, who feels out of place, who's joined our ranks and become a Jew, who's gone through that tremendously difficult process and become one of us. We have an obligation to draw him in, to hug him, to, to love him. Why? Why? Because you are strangers in Egypt. You know the feeling. You know what it's like to be a stranger in a strange land, and therefore you need to make sure that you take care of those who feel estranged, those who feel like they're not part of. You need to make them feel part of. In the same way, we need the obligation, the Torah specifically gave us the obligation to release our slaves. When? When we ourselves were released from Egypt. Because that's the point that we can get into the minds and the hearts of the people who need to be released. If they would have been obligated, if they would have been told at Har Sinai, the obligation to let their slaves go free, instead of being told at this exhilarating moment of them being freed, when their feelings would have cooled down slowly, So the Mitzvah would not have been imbibed into them, as is appropriate. They wouldn't have gotten the message in the same way. Since the commandment was given at a time when their hearts were open to receive that command, they were able to accept it upon themselves with a full heart. They're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. This kind of memory This kind of experience, this kind of command given at such a time, that will never be forgotten. That command at that moment is embedded, is etched into their memory, not just for them, but for their children and their grandchildren who didn't experience it. It's an amazing thing. He's going to talk about it. I don't know if we'll read it inside, but we will try to expand on it. Amazing. Okay, we said that. Even after a person has come down from that high, that awesome, exhilarating experience, he was able to hold on to it because it was it was rooted, it was it was uh, anchored is the good word. It was anchored in something powerful in a powerful experience. And that's why when the Torah wants to give us a reason why the Jewish people went into Golis, they went into exile, they became enslaved as we said, to the to the nations of the world. What is the reason why? It's because they forgot they let go of that which was anchored in their hearts the obligation to recognize that a slave needs to be freed out of their own experience. He says something awesome. Listen to this. This is so powerful. And this is something which each and every one of us can take. Can take. It's an awesome tool in Ruchnius. He says that when a person has an experience, a personal powerful experience, and within that personal powerful experience, a commitment is made to take a certain action, to act in a certain way. A person, let's say a person goes through a very difficult situation. Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe it's an attack of some sort, heaven forbid. And they decide, you know, this happened to me, I will never let it happen to somebody else. And they go on a, sorry to use the word, a crusade. They go on a, it becomes their, their thing. It becomes their uh, modus operandi, that's not really the right word, but it becomes the thing that's important to them that they're not going to let this happen to somebody else because they experienced it. Now, what do what the kids, what do the children of that person see? This is something important to my father. This is something important to my mother. This is something that's important in life. And it becomes embedded in the person's life, obviously, and in the children's life. You know, a family, the Machus family of Jerusalem, I know some of their children. Or neighbors and friends of mine that family is a family of chesed every friday night to this day for years for decades i think there's their house is full of literally tens and tens of guests 40 50 guests every friday night unbelievable amount of chesed being done there and you can see in their children and their offspring that that is something which is is embedded within them and it's important to them and it, and it's something that they live with, in the same way, when a person has a great experience, an awesome experience, experience of Gilu of Redemption, that experience has uh, there's an opportunity within that experience to take that, hold to it, grab onto it, and make a commitment, a powerful commitment, that will last forever. <laughs> unbelievable thing even that which the Torah says that you know the soul of the stranger you know the soul of the convert you know how it feels why because you were a stranger in a strange land you were the reject in society you know what it means why you know I want to tell you a secret and we all know this in our hearts you know why the Jewish people are so gung-ho about saving the world even if they're not religious You know why they're so involved in every cause on the planet? It's because we are oppressed. The Jewish people are oppressed. And we don't want to see that happen to anybody else. We don't want to see that happen to anybody else. We never forget the fact that we are strangers in a strange land. And he says, When the commandment was given, in the Torah, you need to take care of the gear, you need to take care of the, the convert, the stranger, the person who's coming into your society from the outside. Because you know what that's like. It wasn't just said to the people who actually left Egypt, it was said to their children. And it was said to us. Even though we didn't experience that experience of being a stranger in a strange land, but we still have it embedded in our genes that we can relate to somebody else who's a stranger we can relate to somebody who's downtrodden. We can relate to somebody who doesn't have the opportunities that others have. It's an amazing thing. Now, I don't want to go, I, I mean, I do, but I don't feel like I have enough time to go into it at length and bring all of the different examples that he says here. I'll just pull out one example that he says. He says one example of Palti ben Laish. Palti ben Laish was married to the daughter of Sha'ul, Sha'ul HaMelech, King Saul, to to Merav. Now the thing was, Paldi ben Laish knew that she had been betrothed before this to King, Do- to King David, to Davod There was a whole story, there was a whole reason, she all backed out. But Paldi ben Laish was then married to her. And he was married to her for many years, I think a decade. not sure exactly how long. And he never touched her, he never had relations with her. Why? Because he knew that she was already betrothed to, to a different man, and he obviously there was a reason why he had to stay with her because of, of Shaul had given it to him, and etc. There's a whole, there's a whole reason why that had to happen. But he took, he did an amazing thing. How did he prevent himself? Can you imagine living with another person and not touching them, never touching them? He took a sword, says Chazal. He took a sword and he stuck that sword in the middle of the bed between him and his wife, and, and. He said, if I ever touch her, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this sword and use it on myself. Amazing statement. He had, you know, it's not so easy. Person sometimes has a challenge. And when the challenge is there over and over and over again, it's it's natural to fall. It's natural to be to to be subdued by the challenge. Paltiban Laj didn't allow himself to be subdued by the challenge. How did he overcome it? At the beginning, when he was strong, he knew it's not the right thing. He took a sword and he made a symbol for himself. He stuck it into the bed and he said, I will not do this sin. I will not touch this woman. And because of that, he was able, because he was inspired at the beginning, he was able to continue to remain inspired and to control himself and to, to do what was right. So, Khan, Chaim, that's, that's the amazing power of an inspirational moment. And he, and he finishes it off, and I want to read the ending because it's very important also. He's talking, this is not long after the Six Day War. He says, we had an amazing espousal. We were so inspired by the Six Day War. 1967. We got back all of our Yisrael We got back Jerusalem. We got back the entire Yudava Shamro the Judean Samaria area. We got, it's amazing. The Golan Heights. Awesome awesome, Yeshua, who did awesome things. We were so inspired. But what happened is we didn't take an opportunity, we didn't take advantage and create a commitment as a result of our inspiration. The only way for a person to protect, to hold on to, to that, his spyless, that inspiration, when he, when he is willing and he's inspired, he, al-yadesha, It's by creating some kind of anchor for himself that reminds him of the inspiration that he had previously. Just like Paul divin took that sword and stuck it in the bed. When a person is able to bring himself back to that moment, the Yeshua will achas and to and to to maintain within his heart that moment of inspiration. So a person has the ability to be able to acquire incredible spiritual attainments. Amazing spiritual tool here. I want to bless you and ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us. To be able to be inspired, whether it's by Hashem, something that's not such an awesome situation, or whether it's by an amazing Yeshua a a redemption of some sort in our personal lives or or the entire Jewish people. Hashem, help us to be able to have those experiences and to be able to create commitments and ways of holding on to those moments of inspiration. I thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes Ari Goldwag.